listening to The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. Brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Ready for the power play? You're listening to The Hockey Show on ESPN Chicago. St. Patty's Day being celebrated in the great city of Chicago. The uh, parade is wrapping up and uh, the river is green. And it's a good green. I think Beautiful. the last couple of years they've knocked it out. It's the, it's that neon green. It's a little much. A little like a, like one of those Digger Phelps highlighter colors. That's a good point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But they've met. They've screwed. Some years it's like you know, like a real dark and yeah. kind of dreary green. This year was beautiful. It almost looks like it was polluted. This year it just looks beautiful. Yes. Uh, do you, uh, do you know who? Because we don't have commercials today, we can talk about whatever we want. Do you know who Barry Butler is? Not on the he, top of my he's head. He's an Irish born photographer who just specializes in chicago photography okay he is spectacular so if, i think he's like barry butler nine big blackhawks fan too okay um barry butler nine on or something like that on instagram i'd say he's in his 50s or 60s and he's 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 the best i i, I love the guy and he always has like the the best pictures of chicago on st patrick's day with, with the river and the scenes, the people in green—it's—it's it's always been great. So, and we got we got people walking by, waving. So it's been good. So you were already at the bar. You've you've been on the clock, bar stool wise. Yes. So uh, what what was your encounter this morning? It was tough. So we had <laughs> tough uh, folks, you know, and it was like not we were, digging ditches over here. Yeah. Well, right. It's, it could be. I feel, and we were talking about this before, like, this is probably the first real full-blown St. Patrick's Day since before COVID. Yes. And I think in that time, I just aged out of St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I think that's what happened. And, uh, you know, I'm Irish. My, you know, my mother's maiden name is McDonald. We take a lot of pride. She used to dye the milk green in the morning when we were kids. And, and so we get very, I've always been very into uh, my Irish heritage and, and St. Patrick's Day, but... When I, you know, I walk, I live sort of in that area. So I walk to the first location. When you see Clark Street in, in the distance and you're like, oh boy, oh <laughs> this boy. is each side of the street, seven, eight people deep. And I feel like every single bar had a line that was legitimately 50 to 100 yards long. And what time was this at that you were? Uh, I was venturing over there at like 10.50. My first location I had to be at was uh, at 11. And then we... You know, exited and it was just, you know, and, and the first part, the first bar was at Old Crow, and I gotta say, like those, the managers there, they, they're spectacular. They do a, they do a great job, and they ushered us right in, and then we went over to uh, Country Club, and and people were having a great time. They were really enjoying St. Patrick's Day, and I was like, it was more of like a, an exercise and people watching for me. Like it was really, it was <laughs> like I like to watch people having fun, even if I don't want to participate necessarily the way that they are. Uh, but it was great. It was, you know, people are festive. I'm glad people are back out and about uh, for St. Patrick's Day having fun. All right. So last Saturday, right before we went on the air, mm-hmm. Emily Kaplan had her report. And uh, and basically she said uh, that Patrick wasn't dying to get out of Chicago. And then when it became apparent that the Blackhawks weren't going to resign him this summer, it was at that point that he figured he would pull the trigger and go right. to the New York Rangers. Correct. and. Do you believe that th- that report is is accurate? Uh, yeah, I, I you know, and I've I've dug around, I've talked to 
people in his camp and, and you know, former teammates, friends, all this kind of thing. I don't have a relationship with him specifically. But, yeah, it sounds like, you know, he's he understands, he sees the writing on the wall with what they're trying to do, as we talked about last week. And it was important to him to be here. But it's like, well, if... If I can't, if I cannot be here long term because the organization will not let me, well, then I might as well have fun for a couple months with Panarin. So that's when he when he agreed to uh, waive his no trade clause, and that was when he you know sat out uh, the practice and flew home from San Jose and that whole charade. So, so the every shift is the hard knocks show that the Blackhawks mm-hmm. have been doing this year. And it's kind of a behind-the-scenes look at uh, Luke Richardson, how some of the chatter is in the locker room. And the last episode was solely devoted to trade deadline, and a bulk of it was was Patty Kane. Mm-hmm. You didn't you didn't like that access. You didn't buy—I don't—what— I love that I, kind of I, stuff. I think, so, yeah, like, no, I think, and yeah, I mean, you know, I, look at I, I am, I'm very big on authenticity, mm-hmm. um, and I like the idea of having access like that if it's authentic. Which I, I, and I also feel like this is a very sensitive situation with the greatest player in the history of the franchise. Mm-hmm. I feel like you probably should have made sure that he was okay with it and wasn't surprised coming down in the morning um, to in see, San Jose at in San Jose in the hotel at 6.30 in the morning to see cameras in his face. Like, I don't think that that should have been like, hey, but it should have been like, hey, we want to do this and it should have been his, like, like everything else. If you're saying you're doing him a solid, make sure it's a solid all the way through. And don't, this is the part where it's like, it felt like a, a PR stunt to me to make themselves like themselves, me and the organization look like the good guys when in, in reality, the only good thing that they did was allow him to go to the Rangers instead of, you know, dragging their feet. And what about, San, you know, what about Dallas? What about this? And trying to, it was like, we'll trade you where you want to go, but, and take what we can get. But you're not really welcome back here next year. And that to me. But do you know for a fact that that's I, what was said to him? That's, that's basically the Emily Kaplan report. And that's what, uh, if they're, if they're. And the, the whole thing has been dragged out forever. You could have, if you wanted him here, he, it sounds like all indications are that he would be here. And, uh, and the, the organization, for whatever reason, is ready to turn the page. And it just, it just kind of smacks of, you know, I have PTSD from this organization in the 90s. And, mm-hmm. you know, and we went through the Edzo thing and everything else. And it just feels like there's a, a disconnect and then there's a cover up. And that was my whole point. Like, and, I, and I've written about this. We talked about it last week. If Kyle Davidson, and to me it should be Kyle Davidson and Kyle Davidson alone, decides that it is in the best interest of the organization to move on from Patrick Kane, then I think that he should explain that publicly. Uh, and we haven't gotten that. because. And to me, if, I, if you look at the cap situation, how he is as a person, how he is as a teammate, how he still is as a player on the ice. He still checks all the boxes, and he's not going to mess up your, your rebuild or your tank because you've, run, you've, you've seen it. Like They've been bad for a long time now with him being a good and productive player. So it, from a hockey perspective, it doesn't make sense to me. So that... To me, well, let me let me let me jump in on the hockey stuff, okay? okay? Just so we're you know trying to be transparent here and and look at all angles. Mm-hmm. If they do indeed land the number one overall pick, Connor Bedard, or 
the second overall pick. Yep. Which we would presume is Adam Fantilli, although I did see Mitchkoff on somebody's uh, list jumped to two this Mitchkoff week. might be the second best guy, but I, the, all There's the other too many factors things yeah. tied to him. Yeah. So if, if they do land the top overall pick and mm-hmm. have a shot and they would presumably take Connor Bedard, how do you think that this team would market that next year if Patrick Kane was still in the mix? Would they put out on billboards across the the city Bedard and Kane and a passing of the torch, or would it be Bedard only? Because from my standpoint, they would they would want to market Connor Bedard by himself. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can you can have multiple strategies to how you're going to put on billboards and sell tickets. I don't think. I don't think that's uh, preclude getting Bedard doesn't preclude them from uh, relying on Patrick Kane from a marketing standpoint too. They they've always done multiple things as we've seen. They're doing this. What is that? What is their slogan this year? Ready to work. Ready or to something work. Like yeah. that. Call it. Go to school next year. And Patrick Kane's at the front of the classroom, and Bedard's sitting yeah. in the front. You know, like I'm, that's cheesy. I'm just making things up. But you could. I, I don't. But that to me feels like that's that's more like the answer. Let's have a different marketing strategy. Let's have a different identity as opposed to. We're trying to build a successful operation on the ice. Like everybody, it's it just reminds me of the old regime where everybody wants the credit and and everybody wants to put their stamp on things. And that's like another thing. Again, like this is very speculative, so I don't know. But everything I've been told about Davidson is that he has no ego, no ego. You know, when he's come starts as an intern, comes up through the ranks. Hey, like I don't really know much about scouting. This is early in his career. Let me go to these Massachusetts high school games with you. Let me go up to uh, Ontario with you and shadow. When, when, when he was first being mentioned for the job and was in an interim role, mm-hmm. I went to somebody who's in the know and I said, tell me about him. And then he says, he knows what he knows and what he doesn't, he's not afraid to ask. And I Love loved that. that description and everything I have seen over the last year plus has echoed those sentiments. Correct. I, I, I would agree. So, I, again, it's a same, similar situation. Like I asked very similar questions, and that's, that's the thing, where he's willing to put the work in. He doesn't try to, you know, and what was his first move? He hired Sam, Norm. Oh, yeah, Norm. You know? yep. So he hired Norm because he's like, you know, and he has the utmost respect for Norm, and, and everyone else I talk to does as well, that Norm's got like a photographic memory for hockey, and he's very insightful. And Brought so, Brian Campbell as his right-hand man. Yep, yep. So Ooh. he's uh, uh, Megan Hunter. Like he's got a good team, uh, and I think Greenberg. I don't know exactly how instrumental he is. I think I don't know if they're still building that out, but it's impo- I think it's important. Certainly to have. instrumental in building the analytics department yes. and getting. And he was in the room in San yes. Jose when all that was going on. So I, I, I can't. I, my only point is, and he was a finalist for the job, correct? Which shows me that he is egoless. Because if I was in competition with. Candidate B and candidate B doesn't get the job. I know. Mm. I, I can see where you're going here. I can see the chief wheels. <laughs> what, what do you think I'm thinking? I, I'm thinking that maybe you're going to say uh, Jeff Greenberg was forced upon him. I think that that's possible. We'll say that. I think that that's possible that that wasn't. But again, and maybe it wasn't. Maybe Davidson sees the value because you need so, an analytics so department. I, look, I've I've talked to Kyle about that exact topic, mm-hmm. and. Uh, He's, he says that it happened organically. They, okay, he good. reached out after, gave him congratulations, Greenberg did, and they got to talking. And do I think there's some people in the building that were like, yeah, that's, that you should, probably should talk to him or something like mm-hmm. that? Yeah, I, I, don't, 
I don't I don't think that that is the case that there's people that uh, I mean, there's a connection. He, he works for the yep. Cubs. You know, uh, you know, Jamie Faulkner's uh, husband is Colin Faulkner, mm-hmm. who is, uh, you know, the guru marketing over there on, on the north side. So, yeah. you know, th- there are some obvious connections you can draw. Yeah. But this, you, you know, the, the reason why he was a candidate was because the NHL is so far behind in the times and they really liked what MLB has been doing. And yeah. I think Kyle looked at an opportunity that, okay, no, I has- can bolster this area of our team. And, oh, by the way, he's got a, a bit of a hockey background, yep. played the sport. Dad was a part owner in Pittsburgh, on and on and on. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Greenberg sounds like a terrific guy to have in your analytics department. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to disparage anything. I just, I just don't know what his contributions are on a day to day basis. So I don't, I, don't, I can't speak to that. Uh, but I am in favor of analytics, and, and the NHL is behind uh, baseball and, and probably the other sports as well. But I think that's a function of it's, it's harder. It's so much harder to get predictive analytics. Where you could say if this if player X does this thing, that's going to lead to more chances and more goals because it's so fluid and you're you're judging you know it's it's in constant motion where baseball really is static. It's pitcher versus batter, where the defense is lined up. You you can chart it much more easily than you can hockey. Uh, so I think it's uh, I think he, I think anybody who's venturing into that area. Uh, has their work cut out for him. And I, and I hope that he cracks a code. Because I, I really, and I know there's a lot of proprietary data, I haven't seen any analytics, and I, I know people who work for analytics companies uh, out of Montreal and other places where it's like they're very good, but it's hard to say that that is a predictive model the way that, hey, if you get on base X amount of times, that's going to that's gonna lead to this many runs. There, there isn't that like-for-like like like situation with hockey analytics, at least to my knowledge now, uh, that there was from baseball with money, money ball and everything that's progressed since you know the early 2000s. Uh, so this is the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. We are presented by the Chicago Wolves, the defending Calder Cup champions. Tonight, the Wolves will take on the Rockford Ice Hogs as the rivalry continues. Wolves have been one of the AHL's hottest teams over the last month. So tonight at 7 o'clock, All-State Arena for tickets. Go to ChicagoWolves.com. Let's go behind the scenes here. Uh, Kendra Smith is our producer. We uh, we took over for, uh, it was uh, Peggy and Dion, Dion right? <laughs> yeah. They were just finishing up their show. We walked in. Kendra, what's going on? So where are we at? We're ready to go to break. Let's go to break. We're ready to go to yes. break? Kendra, okay. fi- Kendra, fix it. All right, Kendra, fix it. <laughs> All, Char- all credit goes to Charlie. All right, and way Charlie. to go, Charlie Bevins. And uh, so we are. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. Great. We're going to regroup, take a twenty, maybe a full timeout, and we'll come back. It's the hockey show on ESPN One Thousand. Welcome to the hockey show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. Brought to you by the Chicago Wolves on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN One Thousand. Ready for the power play? You're listening to the Hockey Show on ESPN Chicago. All right, uh, we are on. We are up. We are rolling on. As we got, we, uh, we got technology. We got. Uh, we took over for Peggy and Dion at the top of the hour, and it was an interesting transition. So uh, we got the open. Everything's ready to go with Barstool Chief. I am Pat Boyle. It's St. Patrick's Day. 
wrapping up the parade here in downtown Chicago. The uh, the rivers dyed green. Everybody's. What do you think the blood alcohol level right now is for the city of Chicago? Dangerous. It is dangerous. dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. But good for the bars making money. I'm happy for, the, no, for all the bars. It is, especially yeah. with the, how tough it, it's yep. been sledding over the last Big couple time. of years. Uh, so we were talking about that report last week that Emily Kaplan delivered right before we went on the air. And uh, we're also talking about every shift, the behind the scenes, uh, I'll say hard knocks esque type yeah. show that the, the Blackhawks have been putting out on their app and on their YouTube page. And uh, here is the scene of Patrick Kane a week ago today, mm-hmm. leaving the team and San Jose uh, at like 630 in the morning. This is him making his way to uh, to lead the team and wait for the Rangers to become cap compliant and for this deal to be finalized. Here is from every shift. This is what uh, Kane said a week ago. Excited about um, what could possibly be happening, and uh, you know, I think obviously it was uh, you know emotional decision that took a little bit of time, but um, yeah, hopefully uh, everything goes smoothly and um, um, get ready for uh, another life experience here. You ever think you'd be at this point? Um, probably not. I think. Uh, um, you know, you always think you're going to be a Blackhawk, and I think it could be a Blackhawk for life. But um, you know, I think uh, you know, I'm smarter than that, and um, know that every player doesn't finish a career with one team. So um, you know, excited for the next chapter for sure. Patrick Kane a week ago talking to the Blackhawks TV cameras behind the scenes. When you hear that, what what uh, what's your takeaway? Yeah, it doesn't sound like he's now. Granted, six three in the morning, sure. maybe he's a little groggy. It doesn't sound like he's thrilled or you know. Well, it was emotional. I mean, yeah. I think a very difficult decision. And and I think it's you know I, I think we'll have more stuff come out about this eventually. And and uh, but it does feel like a, like a high road situation. He's saying all the right things, and it's like you don't want to you know come off to your next teammates that you're there reluctantly and things like that. But it is, you know, that, that conversation where it's like, you know, I, I thought I'd be a Blackhawk forever, all that. I think he probably thought that up until like maybe three, four weeks ago that he was like, you know, waiting, like what's, you know, he had, he had, you know, all the decisions. I haven't decided. I haven't decided all that kind of so stuff. So as I pieced together the last couple of months mm-hmm. and, you know, I've had sit down interviews with him and uh, casual conversations with people in his circle. I think he wanted to feel some love from the team on the way out. Yeah. That, that was my my takeaway from my sit down with him in January. And I think he kind of phrased it like, you know, Johnny and I will sit down and find out kind of where we are at with them. Yeah. I don't think the team got into much dialogue about the future. I think they were all in the what is going to happen here at the trade deadline, and and it's going to be on those two players' terms mm-hmm. uh, whether or not they are moved. But the future, the the vision of the future, which is Kyle has to be and his team have to be thinking about that every single day. Sure, you know when their contracts are up. Like yep. you, you and and Kane, if Kane's sitting around waiting, like where's my you know what's going on? Like I want to be here, and and he can't seemingly doesn't sound like he can get a straight answer about where he stands with the organization after 16 years as a guy who does everything right and he's still a very good player that to me is that's like unconscionable like and, and you look around the league at his contemporaries 
Crosby didn't have to leave. Malkin didn't have to leave. Bergeron's still in Boston. We saw Jonathan Quick get traded, but he doesn't really check that box of being a good player anymore. Kopitar and Dowdy are still there. Ovechkin's, they, they, Ovechkin's still there. You know, they all—all all those guys went through various rebuilds and or or didn't really dip as hard as the Blackhawks, but they all went through it, and they're all going to finish their careers where they should. And um, I mean, David Krejci went to Czech Republic and came back to the Bruins. Yeah. You know, and it's like, so it, it's it's if Kane should if he wanted a contract, he deserved it. On, and by every standard, and that's the part where, and then they try to make it seem like they're doing him a service. I'd yeah, rather I, I them. I just, just don't know if he truly. I mean, I think he was still sorting things out. I, I, I really do. I, I think that doesn't sound like it to me. I, okay, I, so yeah. then let's let's listen to the, now. This is the soundbite from every shift when Kyle, a couple days later on Tuesday of that week, uh, and again, I'm. It's two Saturdays mm-hmm. that we're talking about yep. here, not last Saturday. My bad on last that. Last Saturday is when the episode dropped. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, and this is the conversation that Kyle had when he called Patrick Kane to tell him that the deal had been finalized. And listen to some of the words that Kane uses uh, to basically thank the way Kyle and his group handled uh, this trade. This is Kane and Kyle Davidson from every shift. Hey, Patrick, how's it going? Hey, Kyle, what's going on? Not much. Uh, so I think we're we're at the end of the road here with everything. I know it's it's been a long, uh, emotional time, but um, we're just kind of in the process of going through things with the league to uh, make you New York Rangers. So just okay. wanted to, uh, you know, obviously follow up on our couple conversations <laughs> along the way, but on our conversation in San Jose where, you know, just want to thank you for everything. Um, you know, you've done so much for the organization and 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 fans, and uh, you know, want to wish you, Amanda, you know, Patrick the Third, just all the best, um, and and just remember that you know, whatever jersey you're wearing, you're always part of the Blackhawks family. So, thanks again for everything, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, and uh, you know, obviously, I'm very grateful of uh everything uh, you know you guys did during this whole process and just how you went about it, it was uh, it was very classy so definitely uh definitely appreciate that and yeah it's crazy it was definitely uh definitely emotional um you know when it starts to uh set in and get real but um you know just excited for a different challenge different opportunity get out of the comfort zone a little bit and uh yeah, hopefully it goes well. But thank you for everything. I think it was it was unreal the way you and and everyone handled everything. So I'll always appreciate that. Yeah, no, you uh, you deserve that, and and we uh, we'll be cheering for you. We'll be watching, and uh, you know all the best at MSG. We're excited to watch you. All right, Kyle. Thanks, bud. Thanks, bye, Kaner. So when you hear Kane and some of the things he said about being grateful and and saying that how Davidson and the Hawks handled things classy what's your reaction to that well i i would like it's not an actor right no uh but i i would like to know what the uh, the, this was a follow-up conversation right i'd I'd like to know how what the tone and the conversation was of the previous ones that he's following up on and and how this went along the way and when they told him and uh, what you know? What their plans were for him, or or what, and what what exactly led to the situation? To me, there's still a lot of questions, and, uh, and and I'm not really satisfied with that clip. And I think Davidson probably did handle it in a respectful, classy manner. 
Uh, you, you basically think that Kane should have had a lifetime contract. No. And, and okay, so no, I, a lifetime that that implies that if he's forty five, well, he can't well, move. I mean, what? Like, what? What did you think was going to happen this year? You thought he was going to get some sort of a an I, extension or talk behind the scenes that hey, you know. This rebuild's going on. We're not going to really be good for two or three more mm-hmm. years. Where yeah, I, I think it, it sounds like look, Kane Kane's done a ton of winning. He's got every accolade, but I everything I've always been told is that he cares about his legacy and those records and the games played and the Chase and Makita and all that, and that he would would have been on board to stay on another bad team next year. And then you know who knows what they do in this draft. But then in 2024-25, you would think that Nazar is coming at that point, maybe a couple other pieces that that the team, maybe they're not good per se, but they should be young, fun, and exciting in 2024-25. And that's not that far away. So if you give him, if you offer him a three-year extension, and there, there's no nothing financially that would prevent it, there's nothing in yeah, his game that. or personality, there's... There, there's there's no like barrier other than that unless I'm missing something that why you wouldn't want him back. Well, yeah. I mean, we we talked about this last week. I don't think you can extend one and not extend the other. Why, in, why is that though, Pat? Because I'm, I think they're tied at the hip for I, lack of a better word. I I think I I, I, I but they're but like but they're not. Everybody they has not. to be judged on their they're own not, merit. Absolutely. And and I I love Jonathan Taves, but I think you know you can look at his game and kind of his last several years and the things the question marks about his health and and you know some other things where it's like you know I I don't know if, if he's if he's got another positive year or if he is a positive contributor to a rebuild and a, and a mentor role the way. That Kane has already proven that he that he does. Yeah, He's I just done it for there's no way there's no way I could see the Blackhawks sitting down at a podium and saying on this day in season or even last summer, mm-hmm. hey, we have uh, extended Patrick Kane for X number of years, and the follow up is where is Jonathan Taves' extension? We are not giving him one. There's just no way that that would ever be done. I, I, I so then, you, so then, but then you're making a decision that actively makes your team worse and makes the rebuild harder and makes it harder to do. Every, like unless they have reasons that they think, you know, starting anew and having then say that, then say that and explain it. Well, then maybe it's their actions that you you evaluate versus how they go about packaging it for everybody whose who's actions i'm sorry the organization okay, and, yeah. and, and hockey yeah. ops yeah and, and and we'll have we'll see but it's i i just don't see how you're better off and and like i've seen well, this you're not better off right now today without patrick kane or next year but if if connor bedard comes mm-hmm. in here and he's paired on the same line with patrick kane I know he's going to defer to Patrick Kane at least for part of it. Now he did look off McDavid, McDavid. Yeah, in a camp, but it, that's the other thing too, where it's like I, I really reject that whole idea because but we've seen it. Every guy does it. We've but it saw, takes time to do, have, to. Have you been listening to what Gerard Gallant has been saying the past yeah, week mm-hmm. plus? Yep. It's like we got to stop passing. I don't want to break these guys up, but all they do is pass. I may, it, it, I may have to do that. But you also. 
you have to give guys an adjustment period. Sure, and we saw that with Debrinket. We saw that with all these different players. Like it, it's, you have to have guys that want the puck, and and Kane wants the puck. And if you talk to Dylan Strom, you talk to Debrinket, you talk to these different guys. Of course, there's an adjustment period, but it, it's if you can't play with other good players, or you're you're timid with the puck, or you don't believe in yourself, or you're, it's never going to work. It's never going to yeah. work. So it, it's I just I just reject that because. I don't, and and I've seen people saying that, like, oh, it's bad for Reichel's development if Kane's there. That is a load of baloney, and I wish I could say other words, but that's what that is. Because if you can't learn from Patrick Kane and how to play with other great players, then then you're never going to be a top top reliable guy that's going to drive a team towards playoff success. Andrew Shaw is going to join us next. He was like a little brother to Patrick Kane. We'll get his thoughts on everything that's trans. Inspired here in Chicago in the last couple of weeks when the hockey show continues on ESPN 1000. The, ho- the, ho- the hockey show. Pat Boyle hosts Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. The hockey show on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. We're presented by the Chicago Wolves, the defending Calder Cup champs with Barstool Chief. I am Pat Boyle. It is our pleasure to welcome in two-time Stanley Cup champion. We'll never have to pay for a beer in this city. He's the one and only Andrew Shaw. How you doing today, Shawzy? I'm doing all right. I missed that voice, Pat. It's been a while. You know, it's uh, the St. Patrick's Day parade. They uh, dyed the the river green today. This this is a day that uh, a young Andrew Shaw making his way around town. You would uh, this would make you miss being in Chicago back in the day. Do you like a couple pints on St. Patty's Day, Andrew? I do. I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> uh, especially when you're in the city of Chicago. Yeah. The city is alive. It's they kind of pull you into it, even if you don't want to. <laughs> So uh, we've been uh, talking a lot prior to the trade deadline and certainly after it about Patrick Kane's departure. When you found out he was going to the New York Rangers, you have a special relationship with him. You're almost like a little brother to him. Uh, What was your reaction when you heard he was leaving the Hawks? Um, I was happy for him. I mean, obviously it's a place he uh, could see himself playing and it gives him an opportunity to play with you know, some high-end talent and another shot at winning another Stanley Cup. So I was happy for him that he went. Obviously, uh, it's sad, but that's the business of hockey is, you know, uh, sometimes things change, go different, you know, paths. And I, I think it's going to be exciting to watch uh, Patrick Kane in playoffs with uh, with a good team again. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of fun. There, there's been a lot of discussion. We actually just talked about it in the last segment about, how difficult it can be for guys to play with Patrick Kane. Now, you, I remember that line, the, the, the shaved you know, sideburns, the hustle and flow line. You saw it and, and Kane. Did you experience that where you're like, I just got to give him the puck at all costs? Or, or, and what do you make of that line of uh, thinking that it's bad for young guys to have to play on a line with Patrick Kane for their development? Well, I think they got to play their own way, but to play with Kane is uh, very special. I enjoyed it. I knew I was going to get shit from him from time to time. You know, uh, passes there, I don't make it. Uh, my skill level wasn't to his, you know, to his skill level. So uh, he would give it to me from time to time. But it was all in brotherly love. You know, I knew I needed to be better. And 
that was just how competitive. That's why he's had so much success. He's won so much is because how he can push himself, what he expects from himself, and he expects the best out of his teammates every night. And it's a pleasure. It was a pleasure to play with him. Obviously, you know, you, you get a lot of uh, backdoor tappings and uh, easy points when you get to play with Patrick Kane. I also feel like you're a guy who that kind of stuff where he's giving you a hard time probably just rolls off you because that's your personality. Yeah, it never bothered me. I, I went <laughs> I went from getting yelled at from my dad as a kid to Coach you yelling at me to my wife yelling at me. You know, so I'm I'm quite used to it. Have you been watching much of of this Blackhawks team? I know uh, we saw Patrick Kane get his first goal and assist as a Ranger against one of your former teams, Montreal, the other night. But uh, have you got to see much of of this season's Blackhawks team? Uh, to be honest, probably watched uh, half a dozen to a dozen games. Uh, I live in a different life these days. You know, I'm out of the hockey world, so I got kids waking me up early. So I like to go to bed early. Uh, I don't watch too much hockey, but when I t- tune in, it's nice to, you know, brings back good memories. Obviously, it was the best ten years of my life. So. What, what was it like coming back? Like, how different was the environment, the culture, any of that? Because, you know, there has been a lot of speculation. I think that the, the, the Kane coming back, that talk is kind of dead. How was that experience for you when you go to Montreal and then come back? And did you feel like you were in a different place, or was it home sweet home? Uh, I thought it was a different place. You know, I just knew it was just knew everything. New coaching staff, uh, a bunch of new players that I wasn't, you know, with previous uh, my previous stint with the Hawks. So the culture was kind of, you know, falling apart, I think. Just, you can only be so good at top for so long, and then, you know, things start to change, players move on, and same with coaching staff, they move on too, and it just kind of changed the uh, dynamic of the locker room. Andrew, one uh, last one for me. You know, obviously, Johnny Taves has been through a lot. Uh, the last few years, missing a full season a couple years ago, and and now he's uh, dealing with the long COVID and uh, chronic immune response syndrome. What's it like for a player? Because you experienced it listening to your body versus trying, and you know you've got more hockey left in you, but your body is saying otherwise. What is that dynamic like? How hard is that to to kind of cope with when you're you're in the back nine of your career? Obviously, it's tough. Obviously, you, you're playing a sport. It's a privilege to you know be playing in the NHL and living out your childhood dream. So when it comes to an end because of your body, it hurts. You always want to leave the game on your own terms, but that never happens a lot of time. Usually, you play long enough that your body's you know wearing down and, and telling you different things, but all you can hope for is health, you know, good health and you know, if you have to move on, if you want to stay in the game, find another part of the game you love. And uh, but the locker room is probably the hardest thing you could probably find outside of the hockey life. It's one of a kind. Well, I think you're one of a kind too. And they're going through this rebuild, and every team needs an Andrew Shaw, but there's there's only one of you. So we, I loved watching you play. So I hope you're doing well uh, post hockey back up in Canada. Thank God, there's only one of me. I don't know what to do. What are you uh, What are you smoking on the grill these days? I know you've uh, you, during COVID you kind of took things over as uh, being a a so called chef for the kids. How, how are oh, you, a Traeger guy, Shazi? Yeah, I am a Traeger oh, guy. Oh yeah, me too. Our 
boiled raw. <laughs> I never got to eat this good growing up. I, everything, you know, pork, steaks, chicken, you know, sometimes vegetables rarely, but, you know. <laughs> well, Shaz, we appreciate you taking, t- taking time out of your Saturday to join us. I know you were sh- uh, shuttling kids around to a birthday party. We appreciate you jumping on. Hey, anything for you, PB. Thanks, Shazzy. Sounds like they're calling for you right now. That's Andrew Shaw on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. We're back to wrap up the hockey show after this. All right, thanks, guys. The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Back on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. We're sponsored by the Chicago Wolves. They're taking on Rockford tonight, 7 o'clock, All-State Arena, chicagowolves.com for tickets. Thanks to Kendra Smith and Charlie Bevins, who uh, got us on the air. It was like a, it was like a line change between Peggy and Dion and, and the Hockey on the Show. Fly. Uh, so uh, thank you for uh, calling in, 312-332-3776, and watching us on Twitch. Of course, you can catch... The podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. You had a a great chief ethetical. Yeah, I like that. Oh, chief ethetical. So obviously the Bears made the the home run trade yesterday. I love that trade. They got a treasure trove for uh, the number one pick. Should the Blackhawks get the number one pick? I want to see if I can convince you to pass on Berdard and take this uh, trade package. So you let's get say less than two minutes to do. Hawks it. get the number one pick. Montreal has the number two pick. They also own Florida's pick, which is looking like it's going to be in the top 15. Uh, so let's just call it the 12th pick. Would you do, move down one spot, get two, 13, and then another future first in order to get, uh, and you take Fantilli, and then I would say it would probably be the guy that they like is, that they might like is Oliver Moore, who sounds like a lot like uh, Frankie Nazar. Super fast, probably the fastest guy in the draft. Ton of skill, plays in national development team. So you'll get theoretically a bona fide number one center, which is that's the one possible thing you don't have with Bedard at this point. It's not it's not a certainty that he's a number one center. He'll score a ton of goals. He's probably going to be a wing, and then you get uh, a, a top six type wing. So you get two top six players. One of them is a six foot three superstar center, but you don't have Bedard. Is right. that enough? Plus another future one. Yeah, so I'm not so worried about the future one because I'm already loaded with ones. I've got two this okay. year, two next year, two the following year. I've got four second-round picks this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's how big is the gap from my scouting department between Bedard and Fantilli? Right. And, I mean, we know what Fantilli brings to the table, more mm-hmm. size. Obviously, that's the question on Bedard. Yeah, more size, but he is... Very fast. It. I do think that Fantilli, nine times out of ten, is probably the number one pick in the draft. It's just he's in the draft with Connor Bedard, so it, it's you're getting a, a, a typical number one type of player. It's not. It's not a uh, Nolan Patrick situation. You're getting. You're getting a stud. But it's it's a dice roll. Yeah. For me, I'm not overthinking this. Just, I, I I think he's a, that good. I think okay. he's been yeah. that good at every level, better than everybody he's on the ice with and at times he's been a year or two years younger than everybody. Totally. So I I can't pass on that. And that's fine because if you trade Connor Bedard, you open yourself up to get fired. Okay? Like you don't you don't you'll never get fired for drafting Connor Bedard. Yeah. I do I love Fantilli as we've talked about. So if I could get two I don't think Fantilli could be Trubisky. But no. I, I I I definitely think Bedard can be Mahomes. 
and that's a fair analogy. It's just it was one hypothetical that I thought I'm like that's interesting because you get a true true number one center. And you need those to win. Well, let's kick this this idea around because we've got you know we've Couple got weeks before yeah. the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. before the lottery takes place. That'll mm-hmm. be in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Coming up next, it's White Sox weekly. Later tonight, the ACC championship game at seven o'clock right here on ESPN One Thousand for Barstool Chief. I'm Pat Boyle. Thank you for listening to the Hockey Show, and we'll catch you next time. Hawks in action tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning pregame show, 5.30, NBC Sports Chicago.